<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. I mean, you, you guys are family. You don't know how significant you guys are. I mean, we pray for you guys, talk about you guys. I've been on the road this year. I've been busy, just flew back from the United Kingdom, London, and we had a phenomenal meeting there. I just had a little time to get my stuff together and then flew back here to you guys. And uh, on Monday, we're flying straight to Australia again and just continue the journey. You will be blessed today and tomorrow. And I really encourage if you know anyone, oh, God, gee, tomorrow service, I know it's the busiest service. But I want you to endeavor to get these teachings to people who may not be here today. Perhaps this is the first time I have ever taught this in this church. But every time I come to minister, I seek the mind of God concerning where you are. And that to me is very significant. And I try to, to minister from where you are and to where God wants to take you. You know, it was, I think, before the COVID, or almost so, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me about your house, that uh, the, you're going to be having multiple services. It sounds, uh, it sounds kind of really crazy then, multiple services, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, you had a, a good problem. Uh, you, you had a good problem. But there is a greater, a better stuff that is coming. Because every single time God blesses us, uh, there are always demonic backlashes. Yes. And the mistake sometimes we make is not to be prepared for the demonic backlashes. And it's, it's, it's really amazing how we are excited about what God does. The day after what God does is often the day that the enemy hits you real hard. So I want to prepare you to be able to withstand all these exciting times that is ahead, okay? As we drove through and saw the building, I mean, I myself was so amazed just to see possibilities becoming a reality, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really something. I've been with you now in Covenant for years and we've gone through transitions and to see what God is doing, you know, it just really blesses my heart so much. What God makes happen for you, God will make happen for me and God will make happen for someone else. Amen? Amen. Okay, uh, just lift up your hands if you can for just a few seconds, your eyes closed. There is nobody else here but you and the mighty Holy Spirit. So, Spirit of grace, we call forth your full manifestation in this place. We ask you that you will please minister to our heart. You will build us. We ask for revelation, knowledge, insight. We ask for light. We ask for that thing that makes it possible 
for we to execute your purpose. And Father, we just declare and decree that this atmosphere is protected from any satanic intrusion. And the word of, and the, word of the Lord will not drop to the ground. It will be healthy and strong and it will impart your people. We love you, Father. Jesus, we appreciate you. Thank you for your mercies. Thank you for your goodness. Nedibakate. Zene inke mamangandeke. Without you, we can't do nothing. So we just pull in your presence that you will help us. You will marvelously help us. You will move everyone from where they are to the next phase that you want them to individually and corporately. We activate the angels of heaven all over this place to make sure that the will of the Father is done. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Awesome. All right. Since the last time I was with you, one of the blessings that God blessed me with is the blessing of the scribe anointing, you know, writing. And uh, last year, the Lord made it possible for us to release, to release 23 books. We released 23 books last year. And then um, this year, the month of February going to March, um, we just released 12 new books, 12 new books that uh, nobody has ever uh, read. And, and these are materials that are just, that will just bless you so, 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 so much. My wife actually released a new book. It's called I don't like to advertise a book because a book sells. Tend to I don't know why it attracts people. It's called uh, it's called the walk W A L K the walk that destroys your enemy. They are certain walk. They are certain lifestyle that you don't have to get into strong intercession. Just that walk itself has the power to destroy the power of the enemy over your life. Really powerful. Very powerful materials, okay? Now, Winning the War of the Mind is a book which we wrote. You know, everything about you is about the state of your mind. Please believe me. You can shout, you can dance, you can get excited over the service and over anything, but when the rubber meets the road in your life, ultimately who you are is the state of your mind. So you want to win that war over your mind so that you can win the war over your life. Another new book is called The Secret Power of Humility. Humility has power itself. Humility is not a demonstration. Humility is power that is demonstrated. So just functioning in humility releases power that you don't know. A humble person is not a weak person. It's really a sense of strength that comes under control. And you are able to use it as a weapon against the enemy to destroy its works. I wish I could teach you so much power in humility. Power in humility. And then the, the Spirit of the Lord began to deal with me about the blessing of God. And many of us have heard about the blessing of God. Now, oftentimes, what we call blessing 
is actually the result of the blessing. So we call blessing to be a home, to be a car, you know, to be all the good things. But that's not the blessing, okay? The blessing itself is a divine empowerment that produces what we call the blessing. In Psalm 133, the last verse there, it says, it is there that God command the blessing. That word blessing is the word called Baruchah. It is the empowerment of God. So the Bible says the blessing of God make you rich and it adds no sorrow to it. You don't have to thrive. You don't have to work hard when the blessing is working in you because it is a power. And in this book called The Transforming Power of the Blessing of God, it teaches you how to activate that power. Okay? Now, one of my favorite, this is a very small book, but it came from a significant place in me. It's called Stepping Out in Faith. Periodically in your life, whether you like it or not, whether you believe it or not, there will be a demand that is placed on you to step out from your place of comfort to the place of faith. And it is only in the arena of faith that you can receive anything from God. It's not in church. It's not when you read your Bible. It's not when you fast. You could do all of those stuff right. But if you don't know how to step out in faith and take God's word for him. And every one of us will come to those places. And that's the place where you actually experience possibilities. That's where you come to know God. You don't know God by just sitting in the church or just uh, learning the word. You come to Christ, but to know God is different. It takes a level of commitment, of sacrifice, and it takes that willingness to step out. And because we are more conscious of physicalities than the dimension of the spirit, there tend to be fear in me to step out. I don't know if this will work. But the Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, which is really the core of our Christianity, it says without faith, it is quite impossible to please God. Why is that? Because he that dear comes to God must believe the two aspects of God. That God is God, even in the midst of our difficulties. It means believing the integrity of God. That God is integrous. It doesn't matter what is happening. It's not over yet. That God is integrous. And then you must believe also on his ability. And these two are really the key foundation of how we work with God. We work with him to the end because we believe in his integrity. And then we believe in his ability to do what he says he will do. I mean, I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. Sometimes when I talk about him, my spirit man gets so excited. Possibilities is always close to us. And then the new book on the will of God and his blessings. Sometimes this is one of the most difficult things. How do I know the will of God? When I know the will of God, it becomes easy for me to extract the blessings of God. The blessings cannot come to you without you knowing God's will. And in every aspect of our lives, you must know his will. Because God wants to be intricately involved in your affairs. He wants to determine your job. 
It wants to determine your spouse. It wants to determine the kind of business. Everything about your life, he wants to be in control. And to be that, you have to know his will. Anybody ever gone through adversities? Adversities and his purpose. And the Spirit of the Lord caused me to write this book called Adversities and His Purpose. And sometimes if you don't understand adversities and understand the purpose of adversity, this is a very good book that you use in connect group, in home group, to adversities and its purpose. Because many times, maybe you hear you've gone through adversities, you go through adversities, you go through difficulties, and sometimes we think God is not with us, you know, and sometimes say, well, I tithe, I give, I pray, I do all of this. Why all of this? Just chill out. If you would track with God, okay, you are not immune from adversities. Nobody's immune from it. But he trains us in such a way that when we are in it and going through it, he wants to hold our hands. He wants you to be able to feel him, to say, I'm with you, and I'm going to take you out. You know, I'm learning God in a totally different way. Just like a kid all over again. Just um, during the 4th of July, I decided to go out with my wife, came out, came back from my trip, and we said, let's just take the bus to just go to the city. And she took an umbrella. I forget to take an umbrella. So we got in the bus, and we were driving to the city. And it was raining, so heavily raining. And right in the bus, I just felt bad. Oh, man, I didn't bring an umbrella. She has this little cute lady's umbrella <laughs> that only can cover her and not me. And I'm there just in the bus instead of me enjoying the ride, just thinking about, I mean, that rain pouring heavily. And our stop is about, we're about to get to our stop. Then my friend, the Holy Spirit, he said this to me. He said, son, don't worry. Before you get there, I'm going to stop the rain. That's all he said. Don't worry. But the rain was still... And something in me kept thinking, but it's still raining. <laughs> but you say you're going to stop it. But all he said is, don't worry. When you get there, I'm going to stop the rain. And exactly a few seconds to get in there, the rain stops just like that. The sun came. And I'm there just, oh God, thank you. He said to me, he said, just as I did this, just as I spoke to you, and just as I did this, that is how I want to lead you. And that is how I want to do things in your life. It's important that you understand that. So you may be through adversities. There is a purpose. Focus on the purpose more than the adversity. Focus on that purpose. Don't let the pain eradicate the purpose of it. Are you still breathing? Okay. The book on the supernatural power of God. If you want to move in the dimension of the supernatural power... This is a book. I wrote the book. I wrote this, the book on dealing with anxiety and worry. This is one of our best-selling books. When I was in the United Kingdom, I mean, this book just went crazy. Okay, dealing with anxiety and worry. 
you know, you use it both in church and you use it also in the social services area. And then there is the one contending with disappointment. Contending with disappointment. How to overcome and recover from the sting of disappointment and to begin again. Now, this is my favorite, okay? Everywhere we've taken this to, since it was released, we've never been able to keep it. I mean, just like that, the other. This came, I, I flew in, I came from a meeting, and I just thought in my mind that I wanted to train my church uh, on deliverance that I, I wanted to just train them because we have a deliverance ministry. So I just said, oh, look, okay, I've not spoken to you for a couple of, I don't know, months or years about it, so let me retrain you. Well, it was supposed to be maybe two, three, four hours of training. It became a three days meeting. And people were coming from the city to the meeting. And people were being delivered by the power of God. I'm not kidding you. This was, I mean, I myself was getting surprised that he, he set me up. And so the Lord spoke to me to put this manual together. It's called the ABCs of Deliverance. The ABCs of Deliverance. Uh, you can be born again and yet you still need deliverance. Okay? So it's important um, so we brought a couple of these and uh, unlocking the mysteries of prayer. And this is a book to train you in prayer, very important. And then the school of the spirit and this um, align, you know, learning to be led by the spirit of God, the dynamic of the anointing of God itself and the power of God. So these are wonderful books um, that, that you need to get that will be of a great blessing to you, okay? So this morning, we're going to be doing three sessions. Thank you. The first session, I'm going to be teaching you without a booklet. The reason for that is the first session is directly connected to your booklet. It is very, very important that you understand what I'm going to be sharing with you during this first session. Many years ago, I was in Australia. <clears throat> several years ago. I go to Australia every year apart from the pandemic because of their rule. And so many years ago, um, I went to Australia. I go to Perth, which is where we have our base. I go to Sydney. I go to Brisbane. But what happened, I went to a place called Toowoomba. Toowoomba is a a small town that is close to Brisbane. You fly into Brisbane, and they will drive you probably two hours to Toowoomba. Toowoomba is noted to be a place where demonic spirit comes to have their conference. It's a very hillish place, very hillish. And uh, it's kind of cool. And while in Toowoomba, at that time, they came to have their conference, the demonic people, witches and all of that. They were having their meeting. And uh, we were having our conference. Now, we didn't know uh, 
that they were having theirs. They didn't know we were having hers. But in the process of they having their conference, a cloud came into their building. Okay? A cloud came in into the building there. And that cloud itself stopped the operation of their power. So they couldn't, whatever Jimmy, 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 and Jama, 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 whatever they had to do, they couldn't do it. So they knew something was wrong, and they knew immediately it was as a result of that cloud. So they shut down the meeting, and uh, just like you will hear in scripture, that cloud thing just began to move was leaving. So a couple of the leaders and a couple of the people, they were following it. It's almost like seeing something just moving in, and they were following it. And they followed it and they noticed that it stopped in front of the uh, building that we were having our conference. Now notice now we did not know what was going on. Just like if we are in this building right now and something is happening outside. We didn't know. So we just kept on preaching and doing what we're doing. So they started releasing uh, spells and incantations and whatever they do. But they noticed that it wasn't having any effect and nothing was happening. Now, it is important that you pay attention because I'm setting you up for something. So the head of the leader of the group says, now this is what we're going to do. We're going to come on Sunday morning. And it was kind of a cool period because Australian, our summer is their winter. Okay, uh, our summer now is going to uh, their winter. So we're going to come, we're going to come in, and they're going to, uh, the head is going to wear a trench coat. Underneath the trench coat is going to have a dagger. You know what a dagger is? The knife. He's going to put it underneath the trench coat. And he's going to sit in the service like everybody else, listening to the word of God. And then during altar call, whether for salvation or to minister to anyone, he's going to come out pretending that he wants to be ministered to, and when he gets forward, he's going to use the dagger. That was the plan. Okay? So, on Sunday morning, he came. The word was going on. Remember that nobody knew what was going on. And all of a sudden, it was altar call time. And he stood, and he began to walk down to do what he has planned. Except that when he got to the middle... He couldn't move. It was just like his foot was glued to the ground, just like that. And if you see someone acting that way without you knowing, you will say, what's going on? So what happened was, ants was laid on him and prayed for him. He fell under the power of God and was there for probably an hour. Now, when he got up, he was the one that was telling the story that I just told you. 
when it was time to fly, he said, wait a minute, I have to tell you this. He says, you Christians, you don't understand how powerful you have. This is he talking. He said, you don't understand how powerful you have. You don't understand the strength of your God and what God can do. Now, this is the demonic telling people that are supposed to be in the light about the strength of their God. He said this, and this is what triggers this in me. He said, you see that church? We close it. You see that one there? We close it. You see the other one there? We close it. You see what is happening there? It is we that did that. And he says, the weapon we use is just one weapon. And it is the weapon of weariness. He said, we use weariness to destroy churches, to destroy leadership team, to destroy marriages. He said, we, he said, we do it. And you guys don't even understand it. You know, we take advantage of it and we destroy the church. The devil knows himself that he cannot defeat you. But the devil is counting on the fact that you don't know that. And because he's counting on the fact that you don't know that, it becomes easy. And so what tends to happen is uh, you can actually be concerned about success, about what is happening, and you forget that the enemy has a plan in place to make sure that what you are doing itself gets destroyed, okay? Now, I want you to turn with me to a couple of scriptures. This is the first session. Obadiah chapter 1. Obadiah is just one book. Obadiah 1, 17, verse 17. Obadiah 1, 17. Now, notice how the scripture puts it there. It said, upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance, and then there shall be holiness. Okay? But on Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. Okay? Number two, there shall be holiness. And number three, the house of Jacob will possess their possession. Notice the progression there. There is first deliverance. There is second holiness, which is a way of living. You cannot be able to live properly to please God without you being delivered from something. What you have not been delivered from becomes your addiction. So you find people who are born again, but they struggle a lot because they've not actually received deliverance. Okay? So the way it works is, upon Mount Zion, there shall be deliverance. Number two, then there will be holiness. You can walk rightly. And then number three, the house of Jacob, meaning the house that have been transformed, 
You are the house of Jacob. You that are born again. Jacob became Israel. He got transformed in Genesis chapter 32 to become Israel. That house of Jacob, the Bible says, then possessed their possession. So before you can really fully walk in the fullness of what God has ordained for you, yeah, me, you have to go through this process, he said. When we get born again, our spirit gets regenerated. That is the only part of you that gets regenerated. Your soul is not saved. It takes a lifetime for you to experience soul salvation. That is why in Philippians chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 12, if you read it 12 all the way down to 13 or to 14, the Bible talks about you must work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The word salvation there is the word called soteria. Soteria means the molestation that is against your soul. So even though your spirit is regenerated, your soul has been molested. And so you use the word of God to go through the process so that your soul now experience deliverance. That does not happen in a year. It doesn't happen in 10 years. It is a lifetime thing. The degree of the salvation of your soul has to do with your commitment to wanting deliverance in it. All right? The second scripture, track with me, is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Ephesians 6, 12 lets us know that we wrestle water not against flesh and blood. These aren't simple scriptures, beloved. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, okay? Not against physical things. But who do we wrestle against? Against principalities, against power. So what the scripture is saying is, the scripture is saying that everything that exists in the physical actually comes from the spirit realm, okay? If you want to defeat the physical, you have to know how to always ascend in the spirit realm and defeat the enemy in the spirit realm. You don't defeat the enemy in the physical realm. You defeat the enemy in the spirit realm. So when we challenge spirit, we are not challenging the spirit here. We are challenging the spirit in the spirit realm. We bind its power in the spirit realm. And we break it in the spirit realm. And then we command the enemy to lose his hold. What then happens is what takes place in the spirit realm eventually begins to manifest itself in the physical realm. If you understand that, say amen. The third scripture, very significant, is Matthew chapter 12, verse 28. And Jesus made this reference. He says, when we cast out devils, okay, when we cast out devils, then the kingdom of God comes, he said. Now, notice now, when we get rid of the hindrances of the enemy in your life and in my life, it permits the kingdom of God to be fully manifested. The kingdom is in you, but simply because the kingdom is in you does not mean the kingdom is manifested in you. 
The kingdom is joy. It is peace. The kingdom is everything that Christ has accomplished. So you are a carrier of the kingdom, but may not be a manifesto of the kingdom. You, are, you carry the kingdom, but you are still sad. You carry the kingdom, but you are still depressed. You discourage. You carry the kingdom, but you are still sick. You are a carrier of the kingdom, but you are still bound, he said. So Jesus' expression says, this is how important deliverance is, that when I get rid of the things that bounds me, then the kingdom now comes. The kingdom begins to manifest itself. You know, uh, when you see a person that is bound and they get free, they don't get sad. They get happy. They rejoice because light comes in and freedom comes in. All right? Okay, write this down, okay? There are five things that you need to understand. Five things that you need to understand. Number one, the kingdom of God is based on two dimensions. The kingdom of God is based on two dimensions. What I'm teaching you right now, you're going to need it in the coming days, in the coming weeks, in the coming months, and in the coming years. Okay? The kingdom of God is based on two dimensions. Number one is the dimension of knowledge and the dimension of power. That's how the kingdom of God is based on. It's based on knowledge and power. You cannot effectively walk in power if you don't have the right knowledge. Okay? It is the knowledge that you have that you use to walk in that power itself. So if you follow power without knowledge, you will not adequately be able to demonstrate the kingdom of God itself. If you follow knowledge without power, you will not be able to demonstrate it. So it's based on knowledge. You get the knowledge of healing, and then you release the power, and you get healed. You get the knowledge of deliverance, and then you release God's power, and you get delivered. You get the knowledge of prosperity, and then you release God's power, and poverty is broken. Are you listening to me? So that is how it works. You have to put it in you. Your knowledge of something does not necessarily mean that the power of God is working in that area. Okay? If you have a knowledge about electricity, and we flip this switch off, and this place is dark, you have a knowledge of it, okay, that this is what happens. But if there is no power to release that knowledge into existence, nothing happens. That is why you don't see a lot of demonstrations of the kingdom in people's lives and in churches. I love teaching, but I love power. I love power, but I also love teaching. Okay, are you listening to me? So knowledge and then power. So you can actually have people in the church. With the, I mean, it's all over America, you know, uh, especially Western culture. And you have knowledge and knowledge and knowledge, but there is no power. And so there are people that are bound under seats, on the pews and on the chair with just, just every single demonic attack, okay? See, the enemy doesn't just respect your knowledge. 
The enemy respects power. Now, we as believers, we have authority and power because Jesus has given it to you. Power means dunamis. And authority is the right or the privilege to do something. So when you got born again, God gave you dunamis, which is his power. But then he gave you also authority, which is the right to use his name and to bring deliverance to any and every situation. And as I speak to you this morning, there is power that is taking place in this atmosphere. And the hand of the Lord can touch you at any given moment. Number two, very key. You must understand, okay, demonic backlashes or satanic backlashes. Demonic backlashes or satanic backlashes. I'm going from, from, from the beginning to bring you up, okay? Demonic backlashes or satanic backlashes. We are not ignorant of the device of the enemy, but we act like we are ignorant. You see, coming here, I know because I understand the dimension of the spirit, I have to take authority over three places. I have to take authority over the before, before I came here. I have to take authority over the during what is happening right now. I have to take authority over the after of it. These are the three dimensions that governs you. If you don't understand these three dimensions, you will experience satanic backlashes. So before I arrive, I have to take authority. Before I showed up here in Indiana, I have to pray for this meeting and take authority over the spirits that will want to hinder it. That before of it, Holy Spirit, help us this morning. Okay? And then the during of this meeting, when the meeting is going on, as it's going on now, I took authority already to arrest every spirit that may want to function during this meeting to derail the will of God itself. And then there is the after backlash. Now, you have to understand the after backlash. That's what the enemy do to, to steal the joy of what you've received, to remove the strength of the word of the Lord, to make sure that you don't function in the truth of it. So you get excited and you get happy and all of that, and after it's all over, that thing is gone. So I pray that you understand this three dimension about your life. It doesn't have to be in church. It could be your daily living. You address the before, you address the during, and you address the after. Father, as we go out today, I take authority over every spirit right now and uh, every spirit during our activities and every spirit when we come back home. You pray it over your children. You do the same thing over your family. Once you catch this in your spirit, you've been able to deal with the enemy because your life is about the past, the present, and the future. Your life is about the past, the present, and the future. 
I said, your life is about the what? The past, the present, and the future. And God is the God of your past, but also is the God of your what? Your present, and is the God of your future. And he wants to make sure that the enemy doesn't use your past to defeat your present, and doesn't use your present to affect you, and doesn't use your tomorrow to destroy your life, okay? Number three. Okay, number three. The third, you can only rise to the degree of light that you possess. You can only rise to the degree of light that you possess. Years ago when the Holy Spirit spoke this to me, it changed my life. This one statement changed my life. You can only rise to the degree of the light that you possess. You, you can't blame the devil. You can't blame God. You can't blame anybody. What you are functioning in right now is based on the degree of the light that you possess. Light here speaks of revealed knowledge that the eyes of your understanding will become enlightened. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of your word giveth light, and it giveth understanding to the simple mind. So you can only rise and function to the degree of revealed light that you have. Naturally, there is 15 watts, uh, there is uh, 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 50 watts, there is 100 watts, uh, and, and we could go on 500 watts and all of that. If you put a 15 watt light in a place and, uh, it, and you turn it on, you can see, but you can't see everything. The more you increase the wattage, the more it gets brighter. The more you increase it, it gets brighter. So where you are right now, the dimension of your functionality right now is based on the degree of light that you possess. So you can cry, 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 scream, 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 and want something bigger. God says, I want to give you something bigger. I want to do it for you. But the degree of light that you have right now is not in direct proportion to that which I intend to do for you. Do you understand that? In one of my books, I dealt with uh, 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 capacity, you know, capacity itself. So your concern should be more on your capacity, on my light. I want more light. I want more light. Because if I want to do great things for God, I have to have a greater light itself. If I want enlargement, I want a greater light itself. If I want my business to be successful, I want a greater light itself. Do you understand that? I know you do. It's just the way of my teaching, okay? It's important that you grab hold of it. So in order to acquire light, you must give yourself to the Word of God. You must give yourself to God's Word, to the things of the Spirit, beloved. You cannot come to church and at home, go on social media, watch television, cross your hand in church, relax in church, hear the Word, and go back home and expect to have a degree of light. It doesn't work that way, baby. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, I love you. It doesn't work that way. Not in the kingdom. The only thing that is free is salvation. Salvation is the only thing that is free in the kingdom. After salvation, there is nothing else that is free. Who you are today is as a result of your investment. 
I said, who you are today in the kingdom is as a result of your investment. What you are willing to invest, your time, your sacrifice, your commitment, you know, all of those stuff is who you are today. The kingdom is not magic. It's not you got born again and everything just goes. And we always believe that because we are born again, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be delivered. This is going to happen. My life is going to be changed and all of that. There are unbelievers that are more better than most Christians. Now, you have to understand when you come into the kingdom, all of this belongs to you. It belongs to you. It belongs to you in your legal right. You see, as an American, there are rights that you have. As kingdom people, there are rights that you have. You have the right to be healed, to be delivered. You have the right to be free. You have the right to prosper. But that does not mean you're going to be healed or prosper or delivered if you're not willing to do what it takes to be healed and to prosper. Are you listening to me? Come on, Livingstone. Are you listening to me? You got to understand this. Your legal right is different from your living right. There is a legal right. Then you have to appropriate what Christ has done on the cross with commitment and sacrifice and making sure you have a degree of light so that that which God has said can become a reality. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege. Thank you. I give you honor. Thank you, Jesus, for the privilege. Are you listening to me? Oh, there ought to be an hunger in your heart. There ought to be an hunger in your heart. My heart hungers so much because there are a certain degree of light that I have. And I want more. I want to. This is one of my secret prayers. I said I want to see Jesus. Seeing Jesus is not seeing the physical Jesus. I want to see the essence of his power. I want to come to know the strength that he possesses. Uh, th there are dimensions, but as I yearn for that, I could hear the sound in my ear say, you need more light, you need more light, because I can only take you to the level of the degree of light that you possess. Are you listening to me? You know, when I was in uh, the UK, I was so impressed because I was talking to majority of the Gen Zs. The church was so packed where the Gen Zs, I mean, four locations. And I was so impressed by these Gen Zs. And uh, it's amazing their degree of hunger. And I've never seen it in America. Just the degree of hunger for these young people. I mean, they, they cleared all the books. These young people became the lawyers, the doctors, the deans, the Gen Z. I mean, they're taking notes. They're asking questions. I mean, I was just flabbergasted. My heart was just so touched. And my heart is so enlarged to the young people, to the young generation. You know, I wrote a book called The Mysteries of Revival. It's one of the new books that I wrote. It's called The Mysteries of Revival. You know, just a reawakening that ought to come to the people of God itself. There is a light that you have to walk in. Things are changing, Livingstone. Things are changing. After the completion of this building, it is a phase that comes to an end. And God will take you to the next phase. There is a next phase that is coming. And it is important that you prepare. Yes. 
Prepare for that next phase that is coming. Hallelujah. So improve your light. Increase your wattage. You know, we do television and streaming and all of those stuff. And uh, every time they hit the cameras, uh, you know, they have to adjust it. And so the, the team, we're saying, uh, Apostle, we need more light. And they are to... They had to go get, I mean, some of these lights are so bright, so bright. I mean, you sweating, hitting you there, hitting you there, hitting you. Now, what's the purpose of the light? So that they could see you more clearly. Rise to a new light. The revelation knowledge and the insight of God is very important. If not so, the spirit of weariness is coming. The spirit of weariness is coming. It is the common attack. Don't ever believe it's not going to attack you here in Livingstone. It is the attack that the enemy uses all over the church. You will believe if an assassin comes and says, we're looking to kill you. You will think that you will stay in preparation every time. But then after a while, when nothing happens to you, you, you can just let go your guard. And just relax. And you say, well, I don't know. Nothing has happened. But you see, that's how the enemy operates. The enemy knows you knows his trick, his devices, and strategy. But he's counting on the time that you are going to let go your God. And he will come in with situation and circumstance. And then number five. Please pay attention to this and write this down. Any spirituality that is not rooted in the Holy Spirit is demonic. Any spirituality that is not rooted in the Holy Spirit is demonic. Any spirituality that is not rooted in the Holy Spirit is demonic, okay? It, it does not matter how it sounds, how it is expressed, you know, how it is disguised. It must first be rooted in the Holy Spirit. When you understand this deception, the enemy cannot easily come in, cannot easily come in to wear you down. Any spirituality that is not rooted in the Holy Spirit, it is something that governs me. It is something that makes it possible for me to be able to discern the expression of right and deception itself. If it is not rooted in the person of the Holy Spirit, it is demonic himself. Okay? I'm going to teach you. That's why uh, we only came with limited books. Make sure you get the ABCs of deliverance. It's going to help you. It's going to help you. Okay? Now, we're progressing. There are three key important areas that must be established in every church. The church is not just the building. Even though the building, we call it the church. Okay? We have a couple of houses. This is your first house. Then you have the house of your family. Then you have the house of God. This is my house. Then the second is the house of your family. The third is the house of God itself. So the church is ecclesia. Okay? The call out of God with a purpose. With a purpose. With a purpose. 
So if you are a church without a purpose, you're not really a church. So whether it's your, this house or your family house or the house of God, all of them has to have a purpose to be qualified as the church. Purpose is the reason for doing something. It is the reason for the existence or the creating of something. There is a purpose. We call it vision itself. And in a church, there are three areas of ministries that you have to master. You have to master it. You don't have to perfect it, but you have to master it. Number one is the intercessory ministry. Everybody in the house should pay attention to intercessory ministry. Now, in a church, you may have a ministry itself that is intercessory, but everyone should be able to pray, and everyone should be able to intercede. Okay, it's not just for just few people. Are you listening to me? Because your ability to be able to spot the enemy and your ability to be able to protect the things of God and defeat the enemy hinges on your ability to function in intercessory prayer. Intercession really has to do with you going to the spirit realm. Going to this, the enemy is always afraid of great intercessors because uh, you go to the spirit realm, even though your body is here, and you tackle everything that is happening with the church in the spirit realm, and then you await the result in the physical realm. The king of England was so afraid of John Knox. The king of England and his family were afraid of John Knox because when John Knox goes on his knees and begins to pray, things happen. Things happen when you give yourself to healthy intercessory prayer. You know, my wife and I, we made a commitment. This is a commitment that we've been practicing. That uh, when I'm home, every Wednesday and Friday, Every Wednesday and Friday, we commit certain hours to praying, and we will spend the time together and begin to pray, whether we're praying for the church or the nations or for the members or whatever, and we begin to pray. And this is a practice that we've been practicing for years. Intercessions to me is a big deal. It's a big deal. Because flies never make an attempt to rest on a pot that is hot. Ever seen a crazy fly? The pot is so hot and it will be so stupid to rest upon it. What will happen? Well, it will burn the fly. So when you make the pot hot, now it distracts the enemy from coming in. Because the enemy knows, I can't go there. If I try to go there, this is what is going to happen. Are you listening to me? Very important. Okay, so intercession. If you don't know about intercession and prayer, we got a book there called on the mysteries of prayer. Learn this. It teaches you the different types of prayer, how to pray it and all of this stuff. The second thing that is important is this. You have to know how to hear the voice of God. 
Every believer, this house, the house of your family, and the church has to know how to hear the voice of God. It is the inherent right of the believer to hear the voice of God. It is your right, beloved, to hear the voice of God. God wants to talk to you, and he wants you to talk to him. He doesn't want you to go on 21-day fast before you can hear him. I mean, you, you hear the voice of your wife, and you know the voice of your wife. So your children, if God is your papa, if he's your father, he wants to speak to you. Are you listening to me? That's why your spirit man is regenerated. Because when God has to speak to you, he has to connect to your recreated human spirit. The Bible says uh, the spirit of man is the candle lamp of God. Is that candle light. So God invades your spirit. He speaks to my spirit. My spirit invades my soul. And because my soul is renewed, I can be able to hear what he's saying. God is constantly talking, but that does not mean you're hearing him. But that's your right. That's your right, Livingstone. And in the days to come, it is imperative that you perfect these areas because there are some things uh, that can be easily avoided because of the voice of God. Don't go left. Don't go right. Drive this street. Do this. Don't eat that. Don't touch that. Don't do I mean, his voice will govern you. There is no age limit, beloved. No age limit. There is no age limit. If you're born again, you are entitled to it. You got to be trained. You got to be trained. Just reading the Bible alone cannot help you to understand this. There are books you can read. How do I hear the voice of God? What are the fundamentals to hearing the voice of God? You make it a big deal because it's your right. Oh, God, I don't know why this happened. God said, well, I told you. I was, I was speaking to you, but you couldn't hear. I was speaking to you, you couldn't hear. He speaks to you through impressions. He speaks to you through your recreated human spirit. He speaks to you through dreams. He speaks to you through visions. He could speak to you through signs. It's really amazing. You know, he could speak to you through a little kid himself. The kid is talking. You think he's the kid talking. But because your spirit man is sensitive, you'll be able to, oh, that's God telling me. God, God is talking. He speaks to you through unbelievers. It's not, it is not the vessel itself. It is the voice itself. So you always focus on the voice and not the vessel itself. Are you still breathing this morning? Yeah. Help us, Holy Spirit, this morning. Help us, help us. The days that are coming, I said the days that are coming will require this from you as a house. Yeah. Will require this. You know, <laughs> the, 
There are seasons that comes into our lives and the waves comes in and all of that and it's good. But when you study the laws of waves, you find that uh, it takes seven waves and when a wave comes in, it also brings debris in. You go to the beach, when a wave comes in, you may, you may see a gold coin, but you may see syringe and all of those stuff that the waves brings in. It is your responsibility to be able to clean and get rid of the syringes and all of those stuff that the waves bring in and take the right stuff in. But you have to be able to know how to hear God's voice. This good, that's bad. This great, that's not great. This it. The higher you go in God, the more light and the more increase in the voice of God that you have to embrace hallelujah are we having a good time this morning are you guys right okay oh just passionate I came to to deliver a message to you I came to bring the word of the Lord to you okay and I want you to pay great attention to this because it is important so the first is intercessory prayer Pray, 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 pray. Just pray, pray. When do we stop? You don't stop. You just pray. I mean, sometimes when I pray, like my intestines almost like wants to tear off. Because you're praying in the spirit. Oh, God. Pray, 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 pray. And then learn to hear him. Because even in good times, you need to hear him. Good times can actually dull your hearing. Because you measure more on the good experience and you forget the God of the good. The third thing that is important is deliverance. Deliverance. They are old habits. They are old behaviors. They are stuff that the enemy can use to entangle you and actually keep you on one spot, but yet give you the impression that movement is taking place. Ever seen a kid in a, uh, in a pool? They can't swim. You put, you put the... Uh, the verse on them, and they splash in the water, and they say, mommy, 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 daddy, daddy, see me, I'm swimming. Well, you encourage them, but they aren't swimming. They're moving from one place to another. Motion, motion is different from advancement. Motion is different from movement. And you can actually have a motion taking place in your life, but there is no advancement because you are entangled, because you are bound, Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's focus on the third one. The third one, which is on deliverance and which has to do with this weariness. Okay, don't go to your booklet yet. There are four 
types of attacks. Four types of attacks and four areas of deliverance that you need to pay attention to. And these four areas deals with four key spirits. These four key spirits you must become familiarized with. The first one is possessions. Ever heard the word to be possessed? What you have to understand is this. This is the internal control and domination of an evil spirit over an individual. So there is an internal control an internal domination of an evil spirit over a believer. This implies ownership. But if you are born again and uh, you know Christ as your Lord and Savior genuinely, you cannot be possessed because the enemy doesn't own you. Possession speaks of ownership. So an unbeliever can be possessed. Because they are bound by the enemy. That is why if you don't know Christ, you need to come to know him. So that your spirit man gets regenerated. It is important that you differentiate this. And I always tell people, you got to come to Christ right. You know, in America, in most American church, it's almost like we persuade people to come to Christ. Come on, baby. Come on, be born again. It's really good for you. You got to be born. You cannot persuade people to be born again. In the Bible, they weren't persuaded. The word of God convicted the heart of people. And they saw a need for Christ. Because the way I get you into the kingdom is the way I'm going to keep you in the kingdom. If I persuade you in, then I'm going to have to keep persuading you to stay. But if the Holy Spirit convicted you, if you if you had an encounter with him, and you were convicted by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you decide to give your heart to Christ, then the Holy Spirit itself will become your keeper. Are you listening to me? And so say, anyone wants to be born again? He said, you know, come to Christ. If you come to Christ, your life will be this. No, 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 no. You come to Christ by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, as they preach Jesus Christ, their hearts, the book of Acts, their heart was convicted, and they came to know Christ itself. And when you come to know Christ, you open your heart to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He baptizes you. Are you listening to me? So you don't persuade, you know, persuade people to be born again. When I got born again, ain't nobody persuaded me. I was standing there. Oh, the tears were just gushing my eyes. And I was crying. I want you, Jesus. Jesus, I want you. And every time an evangelist will go uh, forward and talk, I will go seven times to be born again. Every time I would go to be born again. You know, I didn't know much then. 
But my heart wanted him. And when you bring that heart into the kingdom, the one that pulled you in will keep you in the kingdom. Okay? But when you get persuaded and you came in because of your mama or because of your husband, your wife, or because of someone, well, let me just get born, let me just get born again. Now, no one will keep you because they don't have the strength to keep you. He takes the Holy Spirit to do that. Hello? I said he takes the Holy Spirit to do that. The mighty Holy Spirit to do that. Hallelujah. The second spirit is oppression. So believers that are born again are not possessed. But the second is oppression. And this is the external exertion of cruelty. The external exertion of cruelty. Authority or power against the soul by a demonic spirit. Okay? This is the external exertion of cruelty, authority, or power against the soul. It is against your soul. Okay? By demonic spirit. Now, Christians can be oppressed. Pastors, apostles, bishops, whatever their name are, can be oppressed. I know of leaders that are so oppressed that they don't even know they are oppressed. And the thing is, you have to be able to design properly an oppression because they look like a possession itself. Because an oppressed person can actually demonstrate possession spirit itself. This is when the enemy comes in. It's not internal now. It's external. He exerts a demonic spirit over your soul itself. Okay? And uh, you could have a mental breakdown. You could go crazy. You, I mean, stuff just happens to you because a demonic force comes in and address your mind and your choices and decisions and your responses and work itself. I just came, before I came from New York, uh, there, there is an apostle uh, all the way in Virginia area itself uh, and I was called upon because I provide oversight, also a presbytery there. And, uh, and I mean the, the leader himself uh, all of a sudden, got up and said, doesn't want to be at home and going to sleep in the car. How many of you know that is devil? Yeah. That is devil, 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 devil itself, okay? You leave your home, get in the car, and decide to sleep in your car, you know, for days. And, uh, and the wife called me and was crying. I said, don't worry. I said, don't worry. It's good. I said, come on, let's come into agreement right now. And uh, this was before I flew in. We came into agreement and all of that. And when I landed, I looked at my phone. He said, he called me. He said, can we have dinner? You know, they went there, have dinner and all of that. I said, the thing is, when I get back... Uh, I want to minister to him because he's under a demonic oppression. I'm going to teach you this morning. I'm going to teach you this morning. You can be fined for one week and fined for six years and fined for ten years or one year. If you don't know how to deal with this oppression, that spirit comes upon you and it affects you and your choices and decisions and your responses becomes totally whack. And in every church, every leader at some point 
I remember one time I, I woke up, I had a great time, went to bed. I, w- I woke up, was sitting there, and I just felt like a, just a, a, a discouraging, depressive spirit about me. I, I, I lay hand on myself just like that. I say, you foul spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I break your power and your hold over me. You oppressive spirit, lose my mind. Oh, it will come to you. If you're not even experiencing it right now, keeps you in the bed. I mean, just, just stuff. That's why you got to understand this thought. Remember the first is intercessory prayer. The second is what? Hearing the voice of God. The third is what? Deliverance. So oppression belongs to all Christians. You have to know when the wind is blowing. You have to be able to sense it when one of your children or a member or something is happening and say they are under demonic oppression. Number three, the third is depression. So you have possession, you have oppression, you have depression. This is the enforcement of feelings of severe despondencies and dejection in your soul. This is the enforcement of feelings of just severe despondency and dejection in your soul by evil spirit. It is done by evil spirit. You know, periodically the wind may blow, but if you have it on a progressive level, by evil spirit. Then number four is obsession. Obsession. This is the enforcement of negative ideas, negative thoughts that continually preoccupies or intrude your mind. Just negative thoughts. Just negative, negative, negative thoughts. And what you got to do, you got to lay your hands right on your head. And you got to break that thing, the thought of failure, the thought of defeat. I mean, the thought of death, the thought of sicknesses, the thought of poverty. As I speak by the authority that is in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak to this church right now. I speak to you right now. And anyone that struggles with it, let the power of God touch you wherever you are. Right now, let chains over your mind be broken and destroyed. Let the peace of God come by the excellent anointing that is in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, please help your people in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Now, the author of this spirit, the author of this spirit, is divination. The author of this spirit is the spirit of divination. Now, divination is one of the prominent spirits that attacks churches. And one of the ways that he attacks them is what we're dealing with this morning. Through weariness, the author of this spirit is divination. Now, I want you to pay attention because I know in most churches, we talk about prayer, we talk about hearing the voice of God, 
but we don't deal with much of deliverance. Okay? We don't deal, because deliverance under is spooky, spooky, spooky. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and because it's spooky, 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 you know, people don't want to touch it and all of that. Uh, I was listening to uh, one of the pioneers, the British, husband and wife, they were sent to Africa as missions, as missionary. They came to Africa and uh, they decided to stay in Africa, specifically in Nigeria. These were British. That God called, they spent their lives. That's why missionaries, you got to pray for them. They're just really a bunch of really wonderful people. They spend their lives on mission to, to help the Africans. And he said this, is old and is going to be with the Lord. The revival in Nigeria was prophesied by this man when, when there wasn't anything. He said this, he said, he said the Western world don't understand power until they had the privilege to come to Africa. Because the Africans, they, they don't, you don't have money. So if you're sick, you don't have the opportunity to go to doctors. So what do you go to? You go to voodoo people, juju people, magic people. These are the people that answers and that resolve your issues. So you practice it. And you practice it so much that that now overwhelms you. That for me to let go my juju or my magic, you have to prove to me that this God is more greater than my juju and magic. Because I'm not letting it go. That's what has protected me for years. And now you are now telling me that Jesus... So when they come to know Christ, they don't just know him as you're born again and you just come to church. They go all the way, all the way. All, they seek God all the way to actually see the power of God. Many of the revival that is breaking, the book, The Mystery of Revival, I wrote it because I went to Africa and I was ministering, and revival break out. And I began to teach people, you know, what revival is, how to bring revival to a region, to a church, to an individual. Revival is not a statement we made. It's not a statement that you make. Revival is not a three days meeting that said we're going to have revival. That's not revival, okay? So you have to understand what revival is. But the spirit that the big gagoon that deals with this weariness is the spirit of divination. So I want you to pay attention as I talk to you about it, okay? Now, what is divination? Divination is from the Greek word puton, puton, P-U-T-O-N. Puton simply means python. Python, the snake itself. Python, okay? The spirit 
of the python is behind every divination. Okay? The spirit of the python is behind every divination. So everywhere there is divination, there is a python spirit. And the python spirit is the spirit that controls it. Divination means three key things. And you have to understand the three key things that it means. Number one, divination is the act of foretelling the future using the supernatural means that is not from God. It is the act of foretelling the future. You're foretelling the future using supernatural means, but not using the means of God. This is why a lot of Christians has been deceived. They've been deceived by the spirit of divination. The enemy and a genuine prophet can tell you the same thing. Most Christians cannot tell the difference between fake and truth. They cannot tell the difference between divination and God talking himself. Because they are producing the same result itself. Isn't that amazing? They're producing the same result. But the problem is you are not asked to judge what is said. You are asked to judge the source from where it comes from. It is the source from where a thing comes from that makes the difference. Okay? One plus one from divination will be two. One plus one from God will be two. So if all you do is to focus on two, you will not be able to know the difference. But you have to focus on the source. It is the source. In nations in Asia, in Africa, it has invaded now America and in Europe. You can find people that practice divination, act as Christians and believers. They will tell you your future. They will tell you about the building, what is going to happen, about the church, about everything. But if you don't understand what I'm saying right now, you will lift up your hands and you will cry, oh God, oh God, oh God, thank you, Jesus. While it wasn't coming from God, it came from a different source itself. The problem with divination is the moment it's released, it is not just words. It is accompanied by something else that you cannot see with your eyes. To some people, it's accompanied with sickness. To some people, it's accompanied with a curse, but you don't see it. It is that invisible thing that comes in you itself. And that thing now affects you, and you wonder what happened. Many years ago, the late um, um, Kim Clement, anybody know Kim Clement? Okay. The late Kim Clement was in uh, the Netherlands or in Holland. And he went to do a conference. And in the conference, there were other prophets. 
you know, it was a conference with other prophets. So one of the prophets stood up, was prophesying, and prophesied to King. The words were accurate. Accuracy does not mean it is from God. Do you understand what I just said? Accuracy does not necessarily mean it is God. So the word was accurate. And he left and he went to California, Bakersfield. And all of a sudden, two or three days after that, he was sick. His back was almost pulled off. He had a back problem. So he was believing God to be healed, went to God in prayer. And the spirit of the Lord spoke to him. Do you remember the meeting you were in in the Netherlands? He said, yes. Do you remember the guy that prophesied to you? He said, yes. He said, you were defiled by the impartation. That means when the word was spoken to you, there was something else behind it. Now you understand now, words are containers. Jesus says the words that I speak, they are spirit and life. The same applied to the enemy. The words that the enemy speaks carry something too. He said what you need to do is refute that word now, meaning reject it and break its power and you will be here. So that's what he did when he was telling the story. He refuted the word, disconnect his destiny from that word, break the power and the old or the assignment of that word over his life. And in the next day, he got hold. That's the power of divination. Are you listening to me? Okay. Now, in Greek paganism, the python was said to be a serpent that lives in, it lives in Delphi. Delphi is the southern part of Greeks. It is the spirit that is behind it is behind the oracle of Delphi. Okay, it's an oracle. An oracle is someone who actually contacts the spirit realm that speaks on behalf of people. A friend of mine was sharing the story with me. Every, every king in Africa has to be protected by a python spirit. Okay? Every, if you practice Santeria, Psyche, there's a python spirit behind it. Every divination, fortune teller, there's a python spirit behind it. If you read Acts 16, 16, the young girl that keep telling Paul, and... Oh, Everything she was telling Paul was right. There's a python spirit behind it. There's a python spirit. And the python spirit, the python spirit, is the spirit that carries it on. The python, there are two types of snakes, two categories. There are two categories of snakes. There's poisonous snakes and there is non-poisonous snakes. The python is in the non-poisonous snakes. The python cannot poison you. The way 
the python kills his prey. And it's the word constricted. Until your breath is gone. So what the python does is, once it wraps itself around you, he has to raise his head close to your head. He wants to know if you're breathing. If you hold your breath, the python stops. If you breathe, it squeezes you the more. And then he begins to hiss to the head. The python never swallows his prey from the tail. He swallows it from the head. Because the python is after headship. It's after authority. It's after the prophetic. So he operates that way. And you can sit on a python without you knowing that you're sitting on a python. So when the python spirit comes in and it squeezes you, it takes the breath out of you, hopelessness comes. Weariness comes. I mean, things that you will not believe begins to happen. The python spirit works with a couple of spirits. It works with a Jezebel spirit. Anywhere there is a python spirit, there's a Jezebel spirit there. The python spirit works with the spirit of Absalom. Very important. Because the assignment of this spirit is to get to headship and to demolish it. You get to headship and to demolish it. One of the major things that the python does is weariness. You know, I was preaching um, in one of our services. I was at home. And one of my intercessors, one of our leaders was sitting. And the python spirit came through the door. Crawled through the door. She had a vision just right there. He just crawled, bypassed everyone, came and just cock at me. And was moving. Ever seen the, in, the Indian when they sham a snake and they use it? So it was just moving and hissing. But he couldn't strike. But he couldn't strike. And then at another time, he came up to want to strike. And there a divine hand grab hold of him and move him. These are spiritual dimension that I'm sharing to you. What your eyes cannot see is more powerful than what your eyes is seeing. So what it does, it is. And the easing is the spells. Python, the spirit itself, releases causes. 
He releases spells. He releases incantations. That is his assignment. There are three types of causes. There is generational cause. There is the word cause that you impose upon yourself. And then there is the spells cause. You were doing fine as a Christian until the spirit of divination got you. And you say, what's wrong? You're slowing down. You're no more passionate. You're confused. You scatter because of the easing. The spells. You pick an offense. But it's not really something real big. The spirit of divination came in. Now you became wary. And now you begin to let go the very things that God once given to you. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I ask your grace upon everyone in this building. Everyone in this building. I ask your hand to be stretched. I take authority. I take dominion and power over every spirit of divination. Every word cause, every spells, every generational causes. The spirit of Puton, that's Python spirit. The spirit of hopelessness. The spirit of weariness. That giving in and giving up spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the spirit realm. I arrest you. Your powers. Your plans. Your plots. Your schemes and your devices. Against the life of this church the destiny of this church against the people of God, against that which you are doing and that which you do, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. I break your powers. I destroy them now. And I command you in that excellent name of Jesus, be loose now. Be free in the name of Jesus. I garrison this vision. I garrison all of the projects. I garrison the leadership of this house. I garrison the building, the people, even those that will come with the blood of Jesus Christ. With the blood of Jesus Christ. The favor of God and the goodness of God. And I prophesy that the intentions of the enemy will not be manifested. I decree this now in the name of Jesus Christ. Now lift up your hands. Just lift up those hands. I want you to receive. Say this after me. Father, Father every cause, every, every word, word that has been, been spoken that is contrary 
to your will and your purpose upon my life, upon this vision, upon this church, and upon my family. I break them and I destroy them and I renounce them now in the name of Jesus. We are loose and we are free and we function in the power of the Holy Spirit. Victory belongs to me. Victory belongs to me. Deliverance belongs to me. I can see. I can hear in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. So we're going to take a break. For how many minutes? Okay, we're going to take... Don't, don't, when we take break, please don't run. Don't leave. This is, just, this is just the first one. I want to make sure that I download this in you. Okay, promise me to please be back. We're going to take a 15 to 20 minutes break. Is that all right? Okay. <laughs> 